three, two, one. We're back. What's up, everybody? Using uh, Skype this week because, yeah, we're cheap. <laughs> no, I, I actually really like I like how there's a little record option in the bottom left corner. And you just click record and it just records it up to 24 hours. So that's like – and it doesn't save it on the computer. It's like in the cloud. So Well, that that's all you. I'm in charge of the set and set design. So that's – all of this is your, your shit. Yep. Um, so and and merch a, design when the time comes. I'll be in charge of that too, I guess. But. I have a big announcement for everybody. We are switching um, main category of the podcast from comedy – and comedy will be the secondary, uh, secondary category. The the first reclassification of cheap shot discussions, I think, is more fitting. Uh, it is now reclassified under the main category of uh, society and culture, which okay. is which is good news for us because now we're in a different realm of competing with different podcasts because the comedy space is so full. Right, uh, right. It's very competitive, and social and culture mixed with comedy is not as competitive as far as the smaller guys. Um, so yeah, so we're we're gonna hopefully see a spike in numbers because now we're gonna be exposed to a completely different demographic, and social and culture Sweet. is a little bit more. But you know, just having discussions and and whatnot. So nice. There we go. Yeah, um, so there's been quite a bit that's happened since we last recorded. It's only been two weeks, but you said uh, basically um, you got a dog, another dog, and guns and police were involved? This is correct, yes. This is correct. Um, So basically what happened is my sister's boyfriend, um, he was to get rid of this dog that his uncle owned because the uncle like couldn't take care of him. Okay. So he's like, he's like, Hey nephew, get rid of this dog for me. So her boyfriend, my sister's boyfriend called my mom and said, Hey, will you watch this dog until I can find it at home? And my mom's like, no, we're not going to watch the dog for you. He's like, okay, then I'm just going to take it to the pound. And uh, the pound was closed at the time, so it was an after hours. And how they work it is they have a bunch of cages. You show up, you put the dog in, and, and you leave. Okay. Um, so then I overheard this, and I was like, uh, not today, Wanda. I'm taking that dog. <laughs> so I drove all the way down to the, the shelter. I found him in the back. He was the only dog there. Got him in the car. Took him home. Good to go. Well... My sister's boyfriend found out that I got the dog and he didn't want that to be for whatever reason. I have no idea why. So he starts making up all these lies like, oh, he's he's killed another little dog before. You don't want you don't want him to have, you know, be around Uzi because he'll probably kill him. Or, oh, I didn't actually take him there to drop him off. He was supposed to get a chip replaced. And now now my uncle's pissed because you stole his dog. And he comes up with all these lies, whatever. And then he finally shows up at my parents' place and was like, I'm here to get the dog. And he puts him on a leash and uh, he just says something to me like, oh, my uncle is extremely mad and it's ridiculous that you took this dog, blah, 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 blah. And I don't exactly remember the rest of the I, – I was just trying to get the story straight and he got frustrated to the point where he was like, do you want to step outside? Do you want to step outside? 
And I huh. told him, I don't, I don't need to step outside. He's like, let's step outside. And that's where I stood up. And then I put my shirt behind my firearm because I was carrying. And then yeah. I told, I, I said, leave. And he's like, pull out the gun and shoot me in the fucking head. Go ahead and do it. So then, you know, I, I had my hand ready. And he was right. like, and then I said, get out three more times. Did not pull my firearm out. And then he finally walks out with the dog. And he's like, why don't you go ahead and shoot me in the back while I'm walking out? Just like you stabbed me in the back. And then, anyways, he drives off. Were your parents there for all this? Oh, yeah. They were there for all this. And my dad started screaming at him, which didn't help. It just escalated it all. Um, and so, anyways, he leaves with the dog. And then my mom starts texting back and forth. And uh, anyway, with, uh, with her boyfriend. And he's like, if you call the cops on this, I'm going to have him arrested for brandishing a firearm. So that immediately I was like, oh, yes, let's see where this goes. So I called the cops and they came out and uh, I explained the situation. Like I picked up the dog from a shelter and basically they they pulled him over, uh, got his side of the story, then came and got my side of the story. And then I was able to show the police the text messages where he was like had some passive threats in there and like, you don't want to mess with this. This is above your head, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, I guess he told the cops that I beat dogs and that I pulled the gun on him and everything. And, you know, I was very respectable to the police. Right. And, uh, they were like, you have the right to pull out the firearm and point it at him. It's, it's your house. You told him to get out. You had, you told him to get out multiple times. He wouldn't do it. So basically it lied on my shoulders this guy's a, a five or seven time felon and they're like okay. if you choose to, if you choose to press charges for you can just even do trespassing he goes to prison for 33 years do it well Fuck here's do the, it. here's the caveat my sister's pregnant with his child doesn't matter do it yeah but what about my sister's case and then she's raising the kid by herself she's got you guys to help her well, it doesn't yeah, but, sound like this is a good guy to have in her life anyway. It's true, but at Fuck. the same time, my sister was begging me not to do it. My parents were begging me not to do it because then my my sister would have had to had to move back in with my parents, and they would have ended up raising the child. And for her, adoption isn't even mm-hmm. a, a question. And I wanted to. I wanted to press charges so bad, but they begged me not to do it. And uh, I waited until my sister finally was like called me and said just have the dog or something like that. And I was like, cool. This all could have been avoided. It's a hundred percent could have been avoided. Well, so here's, here's my deal. Okay. Um, I work with criminals every day I go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are low level and some of them are like murderers or rapists or whatever. And you, you know, like, He's already been convicted of felonies, and it, it's not a good person for your your sister to be around, you know, because um, that type of lifestyle, just like if somebody's intimately involved with another person in that lifestyle, it has a tendency to pull them into it. Right. So 
who who's to say i i mean i i can't even say it but there's there's a strong likelihood that just because of him being around the kid might get taken away by child protective services later oh totally totally i get i understand all of that and my parents main reasoning was that if i decide to press charges uh my sister will resent them forever and basically probably disappear or go off the deep end again because she's very emotionally unstable. She's not on any uh, any medications because she's on she's you know pregnant right now. But uh, I is, wanted to is press she, charges. Is so she is she biologically related to you? No. 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 Okay. So there's all sorts of things that played into it, but in the end, all he did was come to get the dog, and that's not a crime worth sending somebody. I mean, for for. In my perspective, yeah, but to the second to... you told him to leave, it turned into trespassing. It did turn into trespassing, and he yes. and he made threats, and you know, like, yeah. Um, but for me, like, I was ready, dude. I had like, I, I I was so ready for him to take those two steps forward, and like that was something I guess I didn't even wrap my head around at the time. Because, like, we all want to carry around a gun for self, self-defense self and everything. But then when you actually get in the situation and you have the weapon ready and it's like, okay, this could happen. And I have to say to myself, if he takes two step, steps forward, I cannot hesitate and I have to go through with this. This is, right. out, of, this is out of my ballpark at this point. And then right. even though he didn't take the steps forward, even though he didn't take the steps forward uh, and he left... I had like almost like a PTSD, like reliving of it or like dreams about it for like yeah, two or three course. days. Of course, uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's just crazy. I didn't think it would be that emotionally draining to even just have to allude to having to use the weapon because no, I don't it, want it. It absolutely is. It's, it's, uh, like I, I've told you this countless times, uh, throughout our own conversations, but it's like, you don't know if you're capable of it or uh, what it's like even until you're in that specific situation. Yeah. Like, it's... uh, There's nothing that lines up with it, you know? You, You... you can say I'm I'm ready to do this all day, every day. I, I'm I am willing to go there, but until you're actually there and under the stress of making that type of decision, you have no idea. You truly don't, and uh, that's why Liz's parents moved to Salt Lake, which is a good thing because I got to meet Liz out of it. But I can't remember where they were living. But her mom had, like, a stalker at the time, and someone had broken into their house and done some stuff and might have even been hiding in in the house during uh, when my mother-in-law got off work one day and came home. She was by herself, and she saw signs that someone had been there or was still currently there. And uh, went outside and called the cops. Uh, and so my, my father-in-law said, well, this is a situation where I'm either going to have to buy a gun 
and be ready to kill somebody or we leave. And he's he said to himself, I don't think I can kill someone. So they moved here. But wow. until until you're in a situation where you're basically left with that decision, then you you really don't know if you're capable of it or not. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. But, you know, moral of the story is I was prepared to kill a man to save this dog. So and and the dog didn't want to go with him. The dog was like fighting him and uh like you could tell that there was some bad blood there or something. The dog was scared and he was like yanking, like didn't want to go with him. And yeah, that's that's what put me over the edge. I think you letting him leave with the dog uh worked in your favor. Uh and yeah. uh because you could have been like, no, you're leaving the dog here and held him at gunpoint. And then he could have left and called the cops and it would have been a completely different outcome. Yeah, but, the weird thing is the cops said that I could press ch- charges for theft too, which was awesome on, on their part because I I went out and had an honest conversation with them. Like I was polite. I was punctuated. I made sure to explain the story as best as I could without any sort of like well this motherfucker blah 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 right and uh like that doesn't nobody any good and i explained to them how i got the dog like i went to the i went to the impound or the shelter took him out of the cage and left and the deputy that was with the main the sergeant the other one was like hey don't you normally have to go through an adoption process for that because that could be theft on the part of of uh you know the shelter at that point i was like yeah, I wasn't really thinking straight at the time. I just thought, you know, he wasn't gone. He hadn't gone through the process yet. He was left outside of the shelter in a cage, hadn't been taken in by the shelter. So I figured if I was to give this dog a home and to avoid that whole process of, you know, putting him through a traumatic experience in a shelter, I was going to take that risk. That may have been on my that that may have been a crime on my part. If it is, I definitely didn't mean it to be. I was just thinking the best interest of this dog, and they were totally cool with it. Like yeah. the dog. The dog yeah. came back in. The uh, sheriff deputy came in the house and was like, oh, it looks like you're not going to the shelter after all. And we had a big talk about, you know, there was no real victim here. I would prefer to drop all the charges, but that's that's up to you. And I ended up doing that. And ever since then, he hasn't come back to this house. Good. So he needs to stop seeing your sister. Oh, I agree. I wish. I I, I'm I'm kind of glad I wouldn't there because I wouldn't have just been like, "Hey, I'm ready to go." Like, it. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Uh, I I would have been ready to rock and roll, but um, that's just me. The scariest part was is he's like totally not afraid to die. Like you could see in his eye, like when I told him I had a firearm and and tucked my shirt back. He was like, his eyes just went black and was like, do it, do it. I'm sick of it anyways. Like, shoot me. Like, it was, it was crazy, dude. Uh, well, then that's, that's his thing though. Like the, the, the thing is, is like, okay, somebody can be in that mindset, but it's, it's on, it's on you and you have to live with the fact of if if something takes place 
But if he doesn't give a shit about his own life, then that's on him. That's not on you at all. And if he doesn't care about his life, what does that say for the kid and and him dating my sister? Like, if he doesn't even care for himself, how can he care for anyone else? Exactly. Exactly. I know I get a, a complaint about Liz watching Drag Race every once in a while, but at the end of each episode the uh, host uh, RuPaul mm-hmm. says if you can't love yourself how can you love anyone else mm-hmm. basically and that that's true you know and if he if he doesn't care about his own life how's he going to care about this kid or your sister yeah yeah and that was the the whole intent was to just get him out of the house cuz he was defying getting out of the house and then I had to put that that line in the sand where I'm thinking in my head, we're at this situation now. If he takes two steps forward, you have to execute on this, whatever the ramifications would be. Because I, I stood up and informed him I had the firearm in the first place. So unless I'm intending on using it, I shouldn't even have mentioned it. So that's where I had to think. Like It was like lightning quick in my head. Like, okay, two steps, two steps. And like that's, that's as lenient as I'm going to be. And it's not even two steps and draw; it's two steps and fire. That's it's yeah. It's just what it is. So luckily, after that exchange, he just left. So and I got the dog, and he's out of my life now. So I'll. I feel like he's about to ask my sister to marry him. Will I go to the wedding? Oh. Probably not. To be honest with you. You could go and object. <laughs> I thought about that actually. I did think about that. Um, I'm gonna grab another drink. But by me, by me being there, I just feel like, you know, it's. I would like to be there for my sister, but at the same time, she's she's not there for herself. And uh, I don't know, man. I just I just can't get behind him. I hate him. I hate his family. His family are. I, I mean, I had a whole huge huge problem in high school with the pool family. They're a bunch of just cocksuckers. So you you know them from a while ago then. Well, they're everywhere. They're everywhere in this town. The pool family is like in in Idaho. They're like cockroaches. They're like colonized families. Okay. So like there's a bunch of families that just stuck around and just had generation after generation here. So they're everywhere. And uh, the pool family. And if you're a pool out there. It, it could be a completely different like lineage. It could have been one bad apple like four generations ago, right? And that's they've, that's they've what actually done studies on that. That's what the the Idaho pool cesspool has turned into. So I had two pools in high school that I absolutely butted heads with, um, and uh, yeah. So, anyways, screw them. They, yeah, uh, they, they they've actually done studies on. They took um, a list of uh, like criminals, basically from the mid 1800s, mm-hmm. and traced their lineage and worked down and saw how many people in that family line turned into criminals versus not turning into criminals and it was over 50%. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh 
if I, I can't remember the name of the study and don't quote me on the percentage or anything. Like I'm not exactly sure, uh, but it, it, it was a significant amount and there's multiple factors to that. Yes, there's genetical genetic factors, but there's also the fact that these original people were already in crime and that probably means their family was impoverished and, in a position where they either had to commit crime or like that's just the life they were brought up in and that just continued. You know, there there was a cycle that didn't get broken. Interesting, which is interesting because his parents are nothing like he's the only one that is like crime ridden. His parents are pretty wealthy. His mom is like a pharmacy technician and his dad was something else. But it sounds like they just didn't spend a lot of time with him. Well, he also might be mentally like unstable or have some sort of uh, yeah bipolar cognitive disorder. deficits or something like that too. Yeah, he doesn't take medicine for bipolar disorder. And he's uh, bipolar. Yes. Do you guys have a state hospital in Idaho? Yeah. The, that's where he belongs then, like, because. Uh, uh, every once in a while, we, we have a state hospital unit at the jail that's uh, called the, fuck, I can't remember, it's the CRU, but it's uh, the Comp- Competency Recovery Unit. And it's basically to get people competent again, like the state hospital is renting out this part of the jail because there's too many people in the state hospital. But okay, it it really is like I talked to one of the social workers slash therapists or whatever from that unit a couple weeks ago, and they said, you know, we have one patient. They told me his name. I can't remember it right now, but he had been in and out of jail for like ten or fifteen years, long fucking time. And then he finally got picked up by this uh, CRU, the Competency Recovery Unit, uh-huh. um, at the state hospital. And he went through the process. He's like a successful guy, and he moved down to St. George and lives a normal life now. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, it, it really is like for these guys that have bipolar, schizophrenia, psychotic disorders, it's, it's a matter of being on the right medication, being compliant with the medication, and following through with uh, rehabilitation and therapy. And honestly, in my in my opinion, I don't I don't know everything about everyone, but I I feel like that's probably fifty percent of the incarcerated population of this country falls into that category. That's fair. I mean, this guy's psychotic. His last crime, the one that he got last uh, involved with, was he bought a car and then set it on fire to collect the insurance money. Okay, so insurance fraud? Yep. Yep. Okay. So. See, and and I deal with guys that are, like, always really nice to me. Mm -hmm. And then you find out what they've done, and you're like, oh, you fucker. You know, uh... I, there's a guy I take care of on a regular basis at the jail. Um, he's got a chronic medical condition. 
and as you can tell, I'm not naming names. So this is not a HIPAA violation. You can't come back at me for this. But he, he's always been super nice to me. And like very cordial and cooperative with all of his treatment and everything. Come to find out he's a pedo. Fun. Yeah. Wow. You never know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, until I found that out, he was one of my favorite people to work with because he was fucking easy to work with. You know? Right. Like, he, he never argued with me on his treatments or medications or anything like that. Or, you know, he was just always... He, he seemed relatively fucking normal. And I was talking to one of the deputies, and the deputy was like, I don't like him. And I was like, why? He's always super respectful to me. And they were like, it's his charges. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And they didn't say anything more than that. And out of morbid curiosity, I went and looked up what they were. Um, right. Because it's public record. And I was like, oh, well, I have an obligation to take care of this person. Like, I have a legal obligation to take care of this person, but, like, my entire opinion of them changed. Yeah. Well, shit. You see child rape pop up on the inmate lookup, and you're like, oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Damn. No kidding. Yeah. They, uh, so I came prepared this week, guys. Uh, I have actually a list of current events, topics, funny things. So it gives us a little bit more direction. So I want to get Wonderful. your thoughts on this article. California man marrying his cat to raise money for animal shelter. The fuck? Yeah. So, so this guy is, uh, you know, he figured during COVID-19, everyone's inside. He would be live streaming a marriage, an official marriage between his cat uh, and collecting donations to give to an animal shelter. It doesn't really say if he's like, uh, it just says Scott Perry said he adopted the cat from Los Angeles. Um and she has since become his consistent companion. Past two months inspired him to plan a wedding to the pet with a pet, um, with a complete registry of the marriage. Uh, that's actually just a fundraiser for the best friends animal sanctuary. So it looks like he's just doing it for publicity to raise money for. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, if if that's the case, that's fine. Because uh, if you ever watch the show Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie Nope does a thing where she marries two penguins to help raise money for like the local zoo or whatever and yeah. it winds up that the both of the penguins are male and she had no idea and they're like oh you're endorsing gay marriage <laughs> and this is before gay marriage was legal is when, when this episode was made so I mean I, if it's just like a fundraiser thing Whatever, but if you if you legit want to marry your pet, no, dude, no. 
I agree. That was like the guy who married his car. Do you ever remember that? No, I never heard of that. Yeah, he legitimately married his car. What the fuck, dude? I think that was in the early 90s, if I remember right. It was like a classic car, and uh, he like genuinely loved it. Like he called it a name, and like it was so weird. Well, I call my car a name. My car has a name. That's pretty yeah. common uh, amongst Americans, anyway. But it was like it was more like I met Maria uh, on this do you, date. Do you want to know what's creepy? What is I started um, typing in "guy marries" on mm-hmm. Google. I think it's listening because it was like Guy Mary's car was the first search result. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember That's seeing that on TV. Creepy, dude. So 2016 is when this, uh, no, sorry, 2012 was when the story was released. It was released on My Strange Addiction. That's Man had sex wrong. with Car's tailpipe and kept going. That's what it was. That's it. Yep, yeah. that's it. Yeah, um, I, I do like remember it. hearing about this. Couples caught having sex in public. Uh, anyway. And this TLC picture, the one with the car, looks like such a Ben. Like, if you look yeah. at the picture of him. Yeah, 100%. He, he's like lick, he's like French kissing the front bumper, kind of. Yep. Uh, yeah, Edward Smith, mechaphile is what they've labeled him as. A mechaphile? about having sex with more than a thousand cars. Wow, he eventually settled player. down with a Volkswagen Beetle named Vanilla. Oh my god. Well. Nope. Nope. <laughs> guarantee this is in the south. I guarantee it. Probably. I'm not going to look into it that much more, but... Woo! Well, anyways, on to the next story. These are the people that live among you, folks. These are are your neighbors. Uh, This one's not too important, but it just goes to show how uh, boring it is in Idaho with nothing to do. Idaho man sets new speed juggling record on balance board. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a world record, apparently, that some Idaho guy has now. Congratulations. In in my life, not much has changed. I mean, I've kind of settled into the uh, flow of how things go at work. Um, I did fuck up my graduation application, so I can't really take the nursing exam until August. And because of COVID, things are like super sketchy and pushed out Mm -hmm. uh i found out that there's a network of states that kind of recognize each other's nursing licenses kind kind of like along the same lines of uh concealed carry permits Mm -hmm. and so i can actually go to one of those other states like idaho's one of them montana's one of them nevada so on so on so on I can go to one of those other states and take my test if, like, the date if the date is earlier than. Oh, okay. Uh, th- then me being able to get it here in Utah, but. Uh, yeah, it, 
it's just kind of like until then I'm stuck in one one spot at the jail, which is fine. I I really don't think my job is that bad. Uh, the busiest and worst day I've had so far was still better than the busiest and best day I've had in a hospital. Right. Like, well, that's good news. Yeah, because it, it was, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's a different animal. There's not this, like, weird customer service slash, like, I need to make sure I take care of you medically aspect. It's, it's all very straightforward. And so the worst day I've had so far working in the jail was, a like a diabetic diabetic and a respiratory emergency where I was like, uh, the doctor made the call on sending one of the people out. And the, I mean, the, these choices wound up making me stay late after work and I didn't get paid for it, but, uh, it, it was like, that would happen at the hospital regardless every single fucking day because yeah. you're so busy throughout the day in a hospital that you don't have time to sit down and chart. So you spend an hour and a half, two hours at the end of your shift charting on all the stuff you've done through the day that you've been writing on a, a fucking notepad in your pocket versus right. Uh, you know, I, I took care of one problem, it got resolved, and then I took care of another problem, but it happened right at the end of the day, and I wound up staying an hour late. Okay. You, you know, like, it happened 15 minutes before the end of my shift, and it's like, okay, oh, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to take care of this, and do all my documentation, but it wasn't because I was inundated with call lights the whole time, you know, for fucking water or juice or fucking blankets or whatever. Right. You know, they they were like legit things that needed medical attention. So that that was that was really refreshing. I was like, do I want to be home? Yes. But I'm still here because of an actual fucking problem. Right. Right, absolutely. You know, I'm not here trying to document that I gave this pill at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because I spent the rest of my time answering fucking call lights to get blankets or fucking drinks or whatever for people or, like, their lunch was messed up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that that, that was, like, a really – because I, I, I haven't had a bad, like, a quote-unquote bad day at the gel until then. I, I had been getting off on time. I I had been getting all my work done and and everything. And that that was the first time that's happened. And even then, it, like, although it sucked because it's like, I just want to go home and go to sleep. I have to be back here tomorrow morning, blah, 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 blah. It, it was still a lot easier mentally to deal with because it was a legit fucking thing. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. 
All right. Let's see uh, here. Uh, this one's kind of, this one is upsetting uh, to some degree. Virginia Tech gives honorary doctorate degree to a service dog. What? <sighs> so there is a, there is a Labrador retriever, um, a yellow lab who obtained a doctorate degree. Um, okay. Oh, no way. Being bestowed on a beloved university staffer, a therapy dog. So it looks like... Um, oh, I've seen this happen before. So the therapy dog employed by a counseling center was awarded an honorary doctorate in veterinary medicine. That uh, dog is I, more I, I, qualified... Seen... That dog can now open its own clinic. And it doesn't have shit for education. Uh, I've seen stuff like this happen before. Like people go through school and they have a service dog that's with them the whole time. Uh huh. And, and the school just kind of it, it's like a quote unquote like cute little PR thing to do. Yeah. But they'll they'll be like, oh, you know, graduating is John Smith with his service dog, and they like Doctor John Smith. Right, for instance, like guy got a PhD or whatever, and Doctor Sprinkles <laughs> or whatever. And, I wonder and, how far he could go on that. Like, if he said, "What if he opened a what? What if he opened <laughs> like his owner opened a clinic under the dog's name and employed himself under the dog, and then like ran his own veterinary practice, but he just claimed that the dog did everything. The dog, the dog's the one with the degree." The dog's the one that's calling the shots. I don't know. I, I don't know how that works, but I do. I, I have heard of stuff like this happening before. They'll give like honorary um, masters and doctorate degrees to people that have service animals that go basically through the whole program. Oh, with them. fun. Uh, the the. Area where I have an issue with like honorary degrees um, that are like taken quote unquote seriously is when they're given to people. It's like, uh, you know, a high school diploma, whatever, dude, fucking whatever. But yeah, uh, like you, we have these World War Two vets that the balls on these guys. Uh, basically dropped out of high school to fight the Nazis and the Japanese. And, mm -hmm. you know, 60, 70 years later, they're getting high school diplomas from the high school that they dropped out of. And it's like, whatever, dude. You know, like, you've been living your fucking whole life. But when you have a, 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 a guy that uh, maybe did the same thing, and they're like, oh, we're going to give you a doctorate in chemical engineering. Honorary. And you have yeah. it, like, and they, they've been working in the field for, like, maybe 20 years. It, it's not quite the same thing to me. You know, honorary degrees should be shelled out for um, either stupid shit like the service animals or... Uh, guys have been working in the field for 50 fucking years uh, without credentials. 
like I think, World War II yeah. vets. I, I think honorary degrees serve their place for people who don't need degrees. So, like, Elon yes. Musk, for example, probably deserves a, you know, a and like honorary doctor or some shit. Or business yeah. or whatever from yeah. Harvard, yeah. Stanford, or whatever. Because it's not going to make a difference to him, but he has more knowledge than probably the professors teaching that material. Yes. Um, yes. So it's beneficial for them to get him to come speak at one of their events. That that makes sense to me. Like, um, but yeah, if it's for, I, I feel like it's probably been abused in the past, where some admin of the school knows somebody Absolutely. who did this, blah blah blah, and then they get bestowed these credentials that they can then abuse and and you know work for other companies, whatever, whatever it might be. It's right. definitely abused, but. Right. Yeah, interesting that a dog got one. It's uh, interesting stuff. No, I've seen the dog thing before. I've seen the service animal thing before. So. And then that, here's. Go ahead. That, that doesn't shock me too much. What what it, um, is really surprising is when you start looking into uh, Hollywood stars that have degrees. Yeah. Uh. For instance, Natalie Portman, right? Right. Uh, she's got a degree from Harvard. I think it's like a master's degree from Harvard or some shit. And uh, it's in chemistry. And super famous actress, gorgeous woman. And somebody asked her about that. Like, when you got picked up to do Star Wars, why did you continue your education? You knew that was going to be a boom for your career. And she said, I'd rather be smart than famous. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I, I feel like the celebrity ones are a little bit of a weird thing. Um, because then they could, if they get those degrees, like, I don't know if Lady Gaga has any, any uh, of those, like, honorary degrees but now she sits on the board for the world health organization why in god's mm. name would a singer like not yeah. even good singer at that get and she's so famous and the only thing that she offers is influence that's like the only thing she offers and now she sits on the board of the world health organization a international governing body of telling people what they should and shouldn't do with, with their health. Like, that just seems ridiculous. Maybe she's on there specifically because of influence, though. It could be. It could be. Like, uh, hey, I wash my hands like this, you know? And it's like, oh, well, Lady Gaga washes her hands like that. I'm going to wash my hands like that. Yeah. And and for those of you tuning into this or finding out about this episode years later, we're still amongst the COVID issue so that's kind of where this is coming from yeah but, yeah it's uh dude, you know dude. it could be just a tactical move on the part of the world health organization could be it could be i don't know um oh she does have a uh, honorary degree from columbia university shocker oh. okay for what it does not say <laughs> bachelor of fine arts what if it was like in pandemic research or something like that that'd be so ridiculous yeah well i mean like but there's also people out there that i agree with having honorary degrees like jane goodall yeah 
she dedicated decades of her life to studying apes in Africa, primates. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, that sort and, of thing, absolutely. Yeah, like, and she didn't have a formal education. She just wanted to do it. And now she's, like, one of, one of, if not the, like, foremost authority on primate activity and and whatnot in the world. And I, so I, yeah. I, I, I agree with stuff like that, you know. I think they should revise universities to be more like that. If you could, uh, like, have a petition process where you get a certain amount of people to sign a petition, like, basically vouching that you know your information, and then, like, a board on the college reviews it and says, yeah, they deserve a degree um, or, or I, something like that. Yeah, I, I think there would be a lot more people out there with higher education qualifications because, uh, I mean, even vocationally, right? You well, Let's take a look at diesel mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they work on diesel engines, but they're, they're part engineers. And if you've got a guy that's been doing... Um, repair and overhaul work on a fucking on semis for the last 35 years he's probably had to in, engineer some shit and and stuff like that like he he probably deserves more recognition than he's getting or yeah. she's getting right so uh yeah it, i i agree there should be like a kind of like a review board of of stuff and you know the these people that graduate with doctorates or in my case like even an RN license for instance you go through all this schooling do you remember all of it nope no no like you can't recall all of the information at the drop of a hat you know like so even if this guy were to go through this hypothetical person or to go through years and years of engineering school, there'd still be things at the end of it that they'd have to look up. But the important part is the experience, in my mind. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think the experience speaks volumes. Yeah, dealing with common problems, and then you have these weird little hiccups that happen that you have to deal with. And, And... that's kind of where I find myself as a nurse. Um, like, I have a lot of experience in emergency medicine. And I, I fall into this weird category because as a, as a corpsman, you know, most of my 20s I spent as a corpsman, it was like, well, you, you're the guy. You, you have to shoulder this yourself. And now I'm having to learn to work as part of a team and be able to actually point to people or ask people like, hey, can you do this? Go grab this, blah, blah, blah. Or get second opinions on whether or not someone needs to, to get a higher level of care. And I, I'm still learning that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, uh, there's one of my supervisors that, like, physically, I'm not intimidated by much. There's one person in the jail 
that mm. intimidates me physically. One guy. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess from an education standpoint, there like there's a lot of things that imitate intimidate me and uh that that, that's kind of where i'm at with uh this whole nursing thing because i'm confident in what i can do but i also understand i don't know what i don't know and i made a call to send somebody to the hospital yesterday not yesterday but a few days ago and one of our supervisors was kind of like well did they actually have to go to the hospital and i was i you know i was thinking to myself i was like i don't know you know like it if it were me by myself i i would say i don't have the resources to take care of this person send them to a higher level of care but the thing is is i have to learn that i'm not by myself anymore yeah, you know, you you know, like I I have other resources available to me, and that's kind of what he was trying to get across, and I really appreciate appreciate that. And I I told him, I told this guy yesterday, you know, thank you for the guidance the other day. Um, he's like, well, I hope that's how you see it, and that it's not criticism. I said, no, I see it as guidance, because I'm super green at being a nurse. I've done a lot of stuff. I've been through a lot medically um, in my profession, but when it comes to being a nurse and having a legal license that's bestowed upon me by the state where I have legal ramifications against me if I don't do something correctly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really new at that. And... So I chose to do this and whatnot. And this guy, credit to him, he, he straight up looked at me and was like, I've been a nurse for 25 years. I'm still learning. Wow. Yeah. That speaks volumes. Yes. Yeah, it's always it's always the learning process. It's uh, Apprenticeship is, is so underrated. And it's it, sadly, there's no academic value to apprenticeship for the most part like nobody if you have a, a huge like a high level degree means more than spending you know 10 to 15 years under somebody's wing and nothing to show for it but experience but some people like the experience and i'm not saying that the experience doesn't matter i'm just saying the process in which we get jobs is a little bit outdated because people yes. just see a piece of paper yes. And they're like, oh, this guy's only has these qualifications. But you can't like n truly understand where they're coming from unless you sit down and talk with them and actually gauge their experience, which doesn't happen. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the only reason why I've gotten um, job offers the way I have or been as far along in the interviewing process for some jobs as I have. Uh, it is because I have this previous experience to that, like I can lean on, but now I have the paperwork to back, back it up. But yes. even though the paperwork's relatively new, it's like, oh, you've got the paperwork, but you've also got 
14 years of experience under yeah. your belt. And, uh, and for, for me to be talking to my, uh, he's not really a supervisor anymore. He actually quit being a supervisor and moved into another role. Uh, but talking to him and, uh, you know, having him say, you know, it doesn't matter who's here. We're always here to help you. And I've been a nurse for 25 years and I'm still learning stuff. Yeah, that like, is pretty incredible. Yeah, that, that like you said, it speaks volumes to me. It's like, holy Absolutely. Shit. Absolutely. All right, I, I need to use the restroom really quick. I'll be okay. right back. All right, well, um, yeah. Uh, the, the supervisor slash coworker I'm speaking about in particular, his name's uh, Brett. You know, I... I, I feel very com- comfortable approaching this person. There, there's another supervisor I have that I feel is a little more intimidating, uh, and I, I don't really like approaching him, but I know that if shit were to go down, he he would be there for me, but I it, it's I don't know if it's a personality thing or whatever, but he's, he's more intimidating to me. And then there's... Uh, couple of people that I have that are middle of the road, but all of these people, as far as nursing experience go, have a lot more experience uh, in the nursing field. I have experience in emergency medicine. I have experience as a combat medic. I have the experience as a, uh, you know, a member of a shock trauma platoon, but... Okay. This clinical environment's completely different, and uh, I I'm still having a hard time recognizing that is what I guess what I'm getting at. So. Okay. All right. So I I thought of this as I was peacefully streaming urine. Um, this isn't on the list, but I think it's super interesting. Mike Tyson is coming out of retirement. Serious? Yeah, Mike Tyson is going to be fighting again, and it is going to be epic. I've seen videos of him hitting the mats. He's just, he is scarier, I think, now because he has the old man strength. And, uh, like, he does, he does all these meditative things. He's very in tune with, like, being happy and love and understanding and all of these things. And now he's coming back into the ring. I think his official quote was something like the God of war is called upon me to turn to battle or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. And, and I, I've, I've seen a couple of videos of him training recently. I didn't know it was cause he was coming out of retirement. I thought it was just him like, you know, exercising. He is going to be fighting in the heavyweight division against people half his age. Jesus Christ. Yeah, imagine uh, that. I, I will say this, though. Uh, I don't know how uh, Tyson is right now as far as uh, versus like him being in his prime, but prime Tyson would be prime Mayweather every day of the week. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are. Absolutely. Tyson, Absolutely. 
beats Mayweather every day of the week when they're both in their prime. So, and I don't think I, th- I think Mayweather's a I think is he I think he's a lightweight. Isn't he only like 155 pounds, 160 pounds, something like that? Where's Tyson's he, like two? He's either a light or medium. Yeah. Like feather. I think he's featherweight. I think that's maybe. I don't remember. Anyways, well, let me but, look him up. But uh, Tyson is gonna throw down. He looks more in tune now that he isn't driven by anger, but he's driven by. He just looks so much more honed in to the art of fighting. And now that he's focused on it again, he may be a title champion. Uh, Because there's not really He was back in the day, too. Yeah, but there's no big names right now in in heavyweight. uh, Mayweather falls into the super featherweight, lightweight category. So he kind of straddles that line. So yeah, you've got like your featherweights, you've got your super featherweights, your lightweights, and so on and so on. But he falls into the super featherweight slash lightweight category. Yeah, Tyson being one of the best offensive boxers ever, and uh, and Mayweather's real claim to fame is defensive boxing. Like yes. I think yes. one of the only few people that landed multiple shots on him was Conor McGregor. And uh, and even Mike Tyson like tipped his hat to to McGregor, saying, you know, he he fought a boxer, first time boxing Connor professionally, and he landed a few punches on the best offensive boxer of all time. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's pretty incredible to see. But man, Tyson is going to just bring so much more fame back to heavyweight. Heavyweight's going to be exciting again, kind of like when Chuck Liddell was doing it. Right. Um, because right now there's, I mean, I'm sure there's some good fighters in the heavyweight, but there's no one interesting. There's no one bringing a spotlight to the sport in heavyweight. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I don't follow it that much, to be honest. But me neither. I I just saw it. Um, I I don't remember where I saw it mentioned, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, there's speaking of sports there's a person at my work uh i guess she does like a little bit of like seamstress stuff every now and again and she's taken up making masks for people since we like the the sheriff came out and said you guys have to wear a mask like period yeah while you're at work uh and they provided us with masks and everything, but some of them are a little just... I've got a sore on the bridge of my nose, and I'm not one of those people that's going to go out and post a fucking picture of myself on Facebook for the self-gratifying, like, oh, I'm an essential worker, look at like my face, because I've been fucked up by this having to wear a mask all day, every day, but... This other nurse I work with, she started making um, cloth masks for people that I work with. And she, I, I didn't know that, but I saw a guy yesterday work, that I work with, uh, he had a bees mask on. Okay. And I was like, that's fucking cool, dude. Where'd you get that? And he, he said, oh, I mean, Carolyn made that for me. 
I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I think she's got another one. Go down and talk to her. She's in booking. And so I went down to booking, and I talked to her, and she didn't have it. She'd already given it away. But I was like, could you make me an Angel's one? And she said, yeah, if I can get a hold of the fabric, I'll do it. She's like, the Angel's are the ones with, like, the A and the ring around it, right? And I said... Yeah, and I pulled out my keychain and I showed it, showed her my keychain because it's the baseball keychain with the A on it. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I can find that, no problem." Nice. And so I'm, I'm probably gonna have a Angels COVID mask here soon. Sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about it. That's way cool. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it. So uh, I, let's yeah. see here. Go ahead. I, I might just let's see if this would be easier here. Maybe I'll just share my screen. So if you want to pull up the Skype thing, then you can see what's on my screen, and then I can pull up the. Cool. So here's one. Can you see that? I cannot see a damn thing, to be honest with you. What does it show on the on the Skype thing? Uh, uh, well, I accidentally just took a snapshot, so that's not worth it. Um, <laughs> I, I have, uh, cheap shot discussions pulled up, and then on the right-hand side of that, it says it's just basically a, um, a list of people that I've tried to chat with. Okay, so on the box, you see the the small box? It should be in one of the corners, like, with my face on it. Okay. Just double-click on my face. Okay, now I'm looking at a screen with just your face on it, which is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Oh, there's, like, this little bubble oh, down here. Here we go. Start sharing. Um, now, can you see it? It says DW, yes. Okay, I can it see it. A, it. might take a second to catch up. Um, but anyways, I'll First just read it out. First ever 1080 on vert ramp. 11-year-old. Beating Tony Hawk's 900. Which is really? crazy. He's an 11-year-old, and he beat Tony Hawk's 900. And it took Tony Hawk over 10 years to be able to to do the 900, and this uh, okay. this 11 year old from Brazil passed him as the first at a at a 10, become the first in the world to do a complete 1080 turn, breaking a formal a record formerly held by legendary skater Tony Hawk. Nice, absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. That's so cool. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Did you also see the thing about uh, Tony Hawk, like, basically giving a kid fucking um, a skateboard? Mm-hmm. Whoa. What happened? I I am trying to find a charger for my tape, because even though you're quitting, I am not. Oh, yeah, I'm back on the Zen pass. Oh, man, sounds like you're going through a wind tunnel. Yeah, I'm just like searching around for something to do. I'll be right back. So yeah, 1080 turn, pretty cool. Um, I swear, I thought Sean White did that one time on a skateboard. 
but maybe not. Or maybe it wasn't officially recorded or something, but yeah. So kind of a cool little fun fact. Um, let me go back, and this one's very interesting. Robot dog herds sheep in New Zealand. So this is a literally a dog robot thing that uh, I guess is trained. Let me turn the volume down. I don't want to get copyright. This robot dog is being programmed to herd sheep by a company in New Zealand. Spot, a robot designed by Boston Dynamics, and I've heard of Boston Dynamics, is being adopted or adapted for farm work. Whoa, that's insane. And it's just, ah, it's so creepy. It's just so creepy that we've gotten to this point that this thing is walking down the trail. And, uh, now it's walking, it's traversing land, it's going down a little hill. And then there's a bunch of sheep. And I'm guessing it's just trained to kind of like run in zigzags behind the sheep or around the sheep to keep them in a in a certain. Oh man, that is so insane. So it doesn't really show it hurting the sheep. It just kind of shows it walking around in the bushes. And if you saw this thing, you would be kind of probably freaked out about it because it just moves in a very creepy way. Um, but it just says the age of, uh, autonomous robots is among us. Rocco's chief executive, David Inning said, our customers are augmenting their human workforces to automate physical processes that are often dull or dangerous. Fucker. Okay. Well, I was just going through uh, this robot dog herd sheep. So that's pretty scary. Can you see that on your screen? I see uh, the Guardian robot dog herd sheep in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's literally a dog that Boston Dynamics developed to do farm work. We're all going to be obsolete soon. Every single one of us. And this is a functioning robot dog. Oh, it's so creepy. I can see you scanning the image, but like, go ahead and uh, full full screen that image, please. Okay. Did it go full screen? I see a guy with a beard talking and some. Yeah, there's the there's the robot. Dude, that looks almost computer generated. Doesn't it? I was just gonna say that. That doesn't really look real. Is this just it it looks computer generated. Yeah, I don't know if I this looks uh there's something not right here. Yeah. Yeah, the, the no. There's something going on. The Guardian looks... fake news. What's going on? That doesn't look right. I don't no, buy it. No, it doesn't. Especially on the bridge, it looks con- computer generated, for yeah, sure. It looks like CGI. It looks like CGI. So, anyways, that's creepy. So now we'll get into something that is going to affect this whole industry, the whole podcasting industry. 
Um, and of course, it's not pulling. Which, up. by the way, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we are getting steadily bigger. Uh, we yes. don't know. We don't know who's listening, but um, thank you. And Americans. And one person in Germany. Yes. Uh, well, so we've got one person in Germany, and everyone else is from the U.S. Yep. Sounds great. Exactly. Uh, our German person, uh, I don't know much German, but um, Danke. Guten Tag and Danke. Uh, gu- guten Tag, Danke, bitte schön. Uh, thank you. Uh, but and we are off in. Beat the same. Thank, thanks to me, we are <laughs> not off the same. Uh, but thank. Thanks to some connections I've made recently, I am in the process of working on getting us some uh, merch made, if you guys want any. Uh, if you do, please, please email us at cheapshotdiscussions at gmail.com. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be and, really nice. And uh, if it is something you're all interested in uh that should hopefully by the end of this year be a a website that's just kind of automated that you can order from and receive the products from but yeah we'll get that taken care of for sure yeah uh i still need to talk to my my guy slash girl about getting like some shirts and shit made but uh, we are on the upswing with this and couldn't be more grateful for all of you guys listening to us out there. Yep. Yep. Except the neo-Nazis. Get out of here. That, that and Chris, cause you know, uh, Chris doesn't like, uh, these like, uh, filler, uh, words. Well, if he has a problem with it, go listen to a comedy <laughs> podcast. What's your problem, Chris? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Chris, man. I love you. Oh man. So, I I've, I've known Chris for fucking going on two decades now, so Yeah. Uh, he just brought that up to me and I can't stop thinking about it every time I'm in front of a microphone. Oh man. Well, anyway, Joe Rogan will bring his podcast exclusively Spotify. And this is a big deal, guys. This means no more Joe Rogan on YouTube. And he's the number one player in the podcast game. He's the godfather of podcasts. He's the podfather. I, I would I would agree. And um, they paid him $100 million, probably more. And uh, it's probably a two or three year contract. And the idea behind it is that YouTube is censoring so badly and taking away monetization that there's no value in him staying at YouTube anymore. Okay. Uh, so it's it's all gonna come off. It's all gonna come off iTunes. It's all gonna come off YouTube, and Spotify will be the only place you can hear Joe Rogan at the end of the year. Um, now, what does this mean for the rest of the podcast community? Well, a couple things. One, 
there's going to be a heavy shift to Spotify is probably the main listening source for podcasting. And Spotify is also launching its own video service for podcasting. So more than likely, depending on the statistics of, of who listens where, um, instead of uploading our, well, what's all that noise? Sorry, I'm trying to close something and it just keeps taking screenshots of the, <laughs> of the oh, okay. screen. Um, but basically, what that means for everyone is that we are going to launch our video part on Spotify once the video is eligible to, to be uploaded to Spotify for us normal people. Um, YouTube at this point is a dying cause. If we try to get into the YouTube podcasting, it's not going to really turn out well. Okay, you think so? Yeah. And it's now popping up on my screen, all the screenshots you took. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't think YouTube is worth being on anymore because it's being so damn censored. We're not going to make any money from being on YouTube. And the majority of podcast listeners and podcasters are probably going to end up on Spotify. Okay. So this is a uh, Spotify made $5 billion in 48 hours by getting Joe Rogan on, on their, wow. uh, their stock value. Wow. So that's going to be a big deal, guys. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and then speaking of Rogan's podcast, I think you'll find this interesting with uh, Blink-182's, one of their ex-members, Tom De... I think it's Tom DeLonge. I think is how you say it. Yes. yes. He just scored a huge deal with the Army, a partnership. For what? So he has a company. He went on Rogan in 2017 trying to explain this, and Rogan thought he was crazy and lying. But he has a company called To The Stars Academy, which is a entertainment-type company where they make science fiction stuff, kind of like Netflix for adults. Or not Netflix for adults, but like, you know, like sci-fi stuff for adults. It's like a streaming platform, movies, stuff like that. Okay. And he, he went on Rogan saying... You know, I've talked to all of these people deep within government. I know all of this knowledge about UFOs. We're in contact with UFOs. They've been here for a long time, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's all these videos that they haven't released yet. And at the time, Rogan was like, yeah, whatever. But now the Pentagon actually released the videos he was talking about. And you saw the videos, I, I would assume, right? Of, uh, no, I ha oh, oh, the, when the, the Pentagon just like randomly dropped. Yeah. 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 It has to do with this guy. So basically he had all this knowledge and he was asking questions and he uh, over time got involved with the, uh, the Pentagon as well as, uh, other parts of the government in, in, uh, intelligence agencies. So he, his biggest thing and joe rogan's like well why would they come to a rock star like what's so special about you and he told him about 50 times and joe didn't listen but his thing is that he can communicate with younger generations he knows how to yes. communicate um and True. oh this is weird though you know what i just noticed about this picture what do you see this i am trying to uh him playing the guitar yeah, look at the base of the guitar, that little red icon. Oh, it's uh, the masonry symbol. It's the mason symbol. So yeah. anyways, that's a little strange. But anyways, he's involved now with the army. 
Uh, he is signed. Fuck, do I get rid of this? Sorry. <laughs> what are you trying to get rid of? Uh, I have a thing on the left side of my screen that says Cheap Shot Discussions and then also your name. It's like all under recent chats and shit like that. And Can you says, not... Does it not work to just minimize it? I don't know how. That's the top, problem. Top right <laughs> corner? Or is it just persistently on there? Settings. It's just kind of like there. I was adding my uh, buddy Christ picture to the mix. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I just took yeah. away the screen share. Okay, because I was adding my buddy Christ picture onto uh, my profile, and now I don't know how to get rid of this thing on the right, on the left-hand side side of my screen. Have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I can't tell you. I don't know what it looks like. That's just a white like rectangle with me at the top and for some reason a dollar amount and then uh, ongoing call and chats. So in the top right corner of that window, is it a whole window? Uh, no, it's like a subsection of the window I'm on. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, whatever. It, it's just bothering me. I guess it shouldn't bother me as much as it is, but it is. So, whatever. Fuck it. Fuck it. Chuck it. Football. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. The Blink-182 guy is now the lead UFO ambassador for entertainment. And Joe huh. Rogan thought he was so crazy when he was on the podcast. I went back and watched the whole podcast, and Rogan was just skeptical the whole time. He's like, you're a rock star from Blink-182. What do you know about top-secret information? Uh, but he he very uh, – and now if you if you go back and listen to it now, knowing the information that has been declassified, it all makes sense. It 100% makes sense, but back then it did sound crazy. He's like, I get invited to these briefings. I've been to the White House. I do all of this stuff. Well, and, uh, and for me, I actually appreciate the fact that Joe Rogan was skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Because and uh, then he is very influential, and so it's it's like, um, that kind of is a responsibility of his to question things if they don't seem right, because he literally has the reach of millions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, he does. I will say this, though. Tom DeLonge deserves a second episode to go back on now. After all of this stuff that he said that ended up being declassified in truth. And when he was on the podcast the first time, Joe would press him like, OK, you say that you met with this person. Who? What's his name? I can't tell you that. I'm meeting with these senators next week. Oh, what senators? I can't tell you that. And he's like, huh, interesting. But now but, he can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it would be worth a follow-up, I think. Maybe we could get Tom DeLonge on here. Oof, that'd be a tough one. But It would be. Maybe. maybe. He did, uh, <laughs> Joe did have his other uh, band member on. I think his name is, oh, uh, what's, Travis Barker, I think. 
Okay. Another member of Blink-182. And he, he's so funny. Like, Joe tried to make fun of Tom several times. And Travis, like, just would not talk shit on his friend. He was like, he's always been like that, man. We'd be on tour and... You know, we just get blazed up, and then you'd be like, hey, let's look out the window for, for UFOs. And we would. And they would just sit and stare out the window and look for UFOs. And he's like, I, t- I talked to him a couple days ago. He was like, dude, I'm on my way to the fucking White House right now. And he's like, I don't ask any questions. I just say, as you should be. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so all of this UFO stuff is crazy because back in his 2017 interview, he basically said that the Pentagon uh, and the branches of intelligence services not only believe that aliens exist, but they're actually here and among us. And they there are different races of aliens that are here. Yeah. And that uh, I mean, look you like would us. have to be as dense as a fucking brick to think that there's not other life in the universe in my opinion for sure whether whether or not it's here that's a different debate but just the fact that the universe in and of itself is so vast mm-hmm. and we have no idea what's out there uh sorry i'm reading something uh, Tom DeLonge was also big on Bigfoot. Back in Blink-182 days, he would assemble teams and go out in the woods to look for him. Yeah, so. yeah, but, like, I guess what I'm getting at is there's uh, there's countless galaxies out there. We don't even know how many. Yeah. And each galaxy has countless stars, and each star has you know, X amount of planets around it. There's no reason to believe that we're the only ones that live in the Goldilocks zone with liquid water and oxygen and shit. For sure. Or that other life hasn't developed around being able to breathe or drink other substances. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, he even talked about his, his uh, company... To the Stars Academy, the main thing that they're working on right now is a gravitational field. Um, basically, he talks about time travel, and he's like, time travel is not the way that it's perceived or talked about in like sci-fi movies, where it's like you get in a machine and you go back to 1930. The idea is that you get in this orb of gravity, and by condensing the gravity or by manipulating the gravity within that sphere, it slows down the perceptual time of what you're perceiving. And that's how he believes far space travel. And it's not just him. His company is made up of former uh, senior uh, people from the Pentagon, former senior people within the F or uh, I'm sorry, the uh, CIA, the NSA, all of these different things. And they believe that they're working on a way to have uh, interstellar travel based on gravitational manipulation rather than actually sending a rocket out into space. Well, and that makes sense, because, you know, if you look at not just, like, Hollywood, but Hollywood has Interstellar out there as a movie, as a really good movie, but it's it's based around uh, 
basically how the gravi gravity and density of a black hole changes the perception of time. Yeah, yep. Um, I have an engineer friend of mine. He's very, very, very smart. Uh, he, he does stuff with, like, robotics and shit, but uh, uh, I was talking to him one time, and he said, basically, uh, you want to think of a wormhole as if you have a piece of paper, and you have to get from one side of the paper to the other, and uh, in order to do that, you crumple the paper up or fold it into multiple folds and then you put a push pin through all of it. He yeah. said that's the way gravity works in space if you want to travel faster than light. Right, you, and that's, you're, that's you're what you're folding said. space around you. Yeah. And that's even what DeLon said. He's like, that's why you see these videos of UFOs skipping. It almost looks like they're skipping. Is because just like you said, if you zigzag a piece of paper and draw a line across it even and pull the paper apart, they're like a bunch of individual lines spaced out between each other. Yes. So these things are perceiving that they're going in a straight line, but they're warping space-time to be able to skip. Right. Uh, which is fascinating as hell. Do you know what – so uh, I don't – I'm pretty sure people know this, but you had – or still have. I don't know if it's redacted or not, um, but top secret clearance within the military. I probably you, don't have it anymore, but yeah. Are you, are you familiar with, with what a skiff is? Skiff? Yeah. Explain. Uh, sensitive compartmentalized information facility. So essentially uh, that, it's, that makes it's sense. a facility that you go into a room and a bunch of people with different clearance levels comes into the room and they give you a selective uh, compartmentalized piece of information to do your specific job. And uh, uh, I'm yeah, sure military part bases, of one of those. I'm sure military bases are, are categorized under something like that. But yeah, uh, basically oh. he's been involved in a bunch of skiffs that have explained things um, for then him to take that information that he learns and try to give it to the public because their whole idea is that they want the public to know this information, but all these three star, two star generals don't know how to communicate that in an effective way for the mass population to understand. So that's where Tom DeLonge comes in as he has a following. He's influential. Uh, he's right. kind of like a cool guy. So if he has a fascination with UFOs, uh, you know, other life form, they viewed him as a good liaison to communicate this information through people. And his company is directly responsible for those Pentagon videos being released. Like he's oh, so really? involved. In yeah. He's so involved with it. He, he signed that huge contract with the army recently. And, uh, it's just insane. It's ins all the stuff he said is a hundred percent coming true. Uh, for uh, well, for me, uh, like my top secret stuff is the from what I remember, it it was uh, it, it was kind of cent centered around that skiff idea, and I've been a part of a couple of those types of meetings, but uh, it was all based Need around. Uh, well, not just need to know, but based around current operations in the area that I was working in. So, right. Yeah, that's so really it was kind of like 
Yeah, it was kind of like uh, a guy would show up and tell my unit, hey, this is what happened. This is what's getting ready to happen. Uh, you know, be be ready to respond to this or that. Right. And th- that was about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's super fascinating. Um, but anyways, this guy is... Uh, if it's true that his company is working on a way for inter- interdimensional travel, which does not require shooting a rocket into space, and in fact he believes that shooting rockets into space is not even... I mean, it's such an obsolete way of interstellar travel, and it takes forever. Like, to get from here to the moon takes who knows how long. Yeah. Um, but if you have these civilizations with similar technology already established, which he believes that already exists you would be able to create one on earth and have interstellar travel uh that way instead of actually just sending people to different locations if you look back through uh u.s history there's multiple uh situations like this i forget which experiment it was but they basically tried to transmo transport uh a destroyer or something back in the 40s uh, according to conspiracy theory, uh, mm-hmm. they 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 tried to either make a destroyer invisible or transport it like from one place to another without having it fire up its engines, and it disappeared and reappeared, and like guys were like fused in with the hole, and like all this other shit happened. And then I also listened to a story a few years ago. Again, I'm sorry. Uh, a little bit intoxicated here, but I can't recall the information completely. But there was a person that uh, they were like, yeah, I remember going to my dad, going to work with my dad. Like it was at his job and we went into this thing and we were in New Jersey or whatever and uh, we got transported almost instantaneously to Arizona. Whoa. Back and forth like that, yeah. So, uh, and and this was back in like the '60s or '70s or whatever. I, I I don't remember the exact story that I listened to, but and who knows if the guy was lying or not. But well, it's, it it all lines up. I mean, the longest thing was was basically saying that the Roswell crash actually, in fact, was probably. Uh, because, I mean, I think Roswell happened in the late 70s, early 80s, something no, like that. No, it happened in the 60s. Did it? Oh, um, well, the original supposed crash happened in the 40s, 47, 48. He believes it was, uh, well, I mean, he doesn't just believe it. He, he says that he has information pertaining to the information that he's received, that it was Nazi aircraft from Argentina which lines up with Tim Kennedy's whole thing of saying that a huge Nazi colony of over a hundred thousand people moved to Argentina and established colony there. Um, and that's kind of a widely accepted thing now. Yeah. So it's just fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I can't, there's, there's multiple, like you said, uh, Hollywood will dangle carrots in front of people's faces to be like, this is what's going on. They dangle it as entertainment, but it's like actually happening. Uh, yep. 
ex- what you're saying right now is exactly what DeLonge's company does. Makes movies, books, things like that to prime the public for information that is going to be dropped by official sources in the future. So that's why we see all of this alien stuff. Now, we saw a- sci-fi stuff in the, in the 80s, 90s. Uh, they even talked about Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Joe and DeLonge, it's one of their favorite shows. Um, it's, a and great, he said, it's a great show. He said he his knowledge now, he believes that CIA was directly involved in the production of that film to prime the public for telling information in a slow matter of time so that we would understand it by the time it actually drops. And we're now living in the time where they're actually dropping UFO information, the Pentagon is. So it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I am trying to find it. Uh, it's called Amen, I think. Just let me click on this and look. Yeah, it's called Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie out there that, uh, basically shows how the Catholic Church was helping hide Nazis during world that near the end of World War II when uh, the Nazi regime started to fall apart and it's uh, I, I watched it it's a very good film but it, it's a uh, whole thing is uh, like let's see SS officer Kurt Gerstein tries to inform Pope. Pius the twelfth about Jews being sent to extermination camps, and basically the Pope ignores him and starts helping the Nazis. Yeah, and uh, like like move them out around the world to hide because it's coming to the end of the war, and like they know the Nazis aren't going to win it. Right. So it, it it is it's a very very good movie, but. Well, like you said, the Argentinian thing, like, oh, there's these Nazis in Argentina. Uh, it, 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 it's not a new idea. Uh, there's a, a person I actually, I can't remember her name. And I'm sorry, but I, I listen to a lot of radio. I listen to a lot of um, informational programming media. I watch Nova a lot. Mm-hmm. But there, there was a uh, woman that was talking on NPR a couple months ago, a few months ago, whatever, who, who basically found out uh, one of her grandparents or both of her grandparents from her, I think, mom's side was Nazi refugees in South America. Wow. Yes. And had no idea until she was in her adulthood and they had passed away and she was going through like their estate basically and found like not legit found like Nazi gold and marriage certificates from the SS and all this other shit. Yeah, it's it really is. And these people were like living in fucking Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much evidence. I, I truly believe within the next 20 years, the past 100 years of history is going to be rewritten with what actually happens because there's bits of truth, 
but there's also suppressed truth that it, that is protected under the Freedom of Information Act. And as that starts getting published right. and actually released, we're going to realize that the whole narrative that we've been fed about what World War II was and how it actually ended and the more political side of thing will come to light. And I think a lot of people will be surprised by that. Well, and, and you have to also look at this AI stuff, too. I, I know we've gone on the AI kick before, but uh, you have robots and artificial intelligence that are damn near human, almost undistinguishable now. And that's known to the general public. Like, they have robots that have normal responses to, to questioning and can actually carry a conversation with you. If that's what we know about, what do we not know about? Yeah. Right? Like, the, and, and that's kind of where I'm coming from is, you know, we, we are aware and we do know Nazis fled Germany and Europe near the end of the war. The last couple of years of the war, they, they, they scattered. And the, the true believers, anyway, scattered. And yeah and whatnot uh there's a fucking netflix special called the monster net next door i don't remember if it's net next netflix or whatever but it's basically about a guy that got away of away with hiding in america for 40 years as a nazi wow um and he they finally like found out who the fuck he was because somebody came over to his house that was part of his communi- community and recognized him from a concentration camp. Wow. Yeah. And they were like, this guy's a fucking butcher. And he got put on trial in, in Jerusalem, in Israel, and then uh, that kind of floundered, and he got sent to Munich and put in jail to stand trial, and he wound up spending the left, rest of his life in jail awaiting trial for war, war crimes back in like the 40s um so like it, it's a known thing that these people scattered yeah uh and it's also just something to keep in mind as you i'm not saying believe everything you see but it's uh, keep an open mind as you're moving forward and you look at this kind of shit where you know, this Amen movie, for instance, like, oh, I'm a devout Catholic. The Catholic Church would have never helped these Nazis survive. Eh, I'm pretty sure they would have back then. You know, yeah. like, like uh, if you if you uh, read any books by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he was a priest. He was, I think he was a Catholic priest when he started. And then World War II broke out, and he had some fundamental disagreements with them on, like, a very base spiritual level within his own conscience and split from them uh, to do what was right in his mind. So it it's very... I don't know. It's just all very compelling argumentative stuff. And like Caden said... In the next 20 years, our perception of history might flip because there's certain things we know, like this AI robot stuff, 
But if that's what we know about, your neighbor could be an AI robot and you have no idea. It's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and like, during this, I, I know in previous episodes, I said during this whole lockdown thing, like the whole COVID-19 thing, it's going to be a lot more than just the virus that we learn about. And a lot of you are probably thinking like, okay, well, what, why hasn't anything happened yet? What's happened? Like, why... Why haven't these things that you said manifested? And they actually have. But the problem is no one's covering The media is just burying them. It's all yeah. being buried. COVID this, COVID that. Yeah. I, I wanna, I, I'll want to. i show you this, and then we, I can jump off the conspiracy topic. But I think no, you'll find fine. this. It's, it's fine. I think you'll find this. In, can you see this? Uh, no. Okay, I so can't... just... Double click okay, on my there face. It is. Again. There it okay. Is. So this surfaced recently. This this was made public in twenty eighteen, but we were all so caught up in a couple of things. There was a police shooting on this exact day. Um there there was the Trump impeachment just starting to kick off. So all of these things started as this indictment got unsealed. And this is H-W. the unsealed This is the unsealed indictment of HW. Now so let's see here. Here we go. Oh shit! Son of a bitch. All right. penalties. Oh, he just changed the screen. Okay, it'll change back. And now on this day, September tenth, twenty eighteen, during the fall season, it is hereby ordered that the defendant be charged with national racketeering under the. RICO Act of United States Court 18, Chapter 96, Subsection 51961. 1961. Along, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Subsection 1961, along with money laundering, conspiracy to commit and felonies including human trafficking. And this All... was from the Arkansas Supreme Court for the Eastern District of Arkansas. So this is a Supreme Court indictment for a previous president. And at, two months after this indictment, he, he dies. I believe George H.W. Bush was sentenced to death. And the only reason that he it wasn't mainstream, that this was the actual reason he died. So this was is the original um, George Bush president, right? Correct. We're talking about, yeah. Correct. Yep. Oh, and it changes. Okay, but yeah, it's uh, it's the full indictment of George Senior, and it is crazy. And if you look back on the day that this was unsealed, it was just endless news diverting from people actually seeing this, and now it's resurfaced, and now all of these things are coming to light, hmm. and it, it it's crazy, man. It is crazy. So that was my conspiratorial thought of the day. <laughs> well, it works, I guess. Mm. I just wish I could uh, get this to... So I have a share screen option, but I don't have a full screen option on that. But, uh, yeah, no, that's very interesting stuff. And HW was the original Bush. Uh, 
we have George W., uh, the guy that was in charge from like 2000 to 2008, I believe, during 9-11. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. And uh, father of George H.W. Bush, Prescott Bush, is believed to have been adopted and raised and groomed by previous members of the Third Reich. Really? Yes. That's what's scary to me. And that is still conspiracy theory, but there is enough evidence from Operation Paperclip to allude to it. Parts of that might be true. So if you have a family heritage groomed at least what at least the you know a few generations above groomed to believe a certain set of ideals how far does that transfer down and what does right. that what does that look like for the offspring of these generational uh thoughts or beliefs so i'm not saying anything about the lo- younger generations of the bushes but we'll probably find out some more multi-gen stuff. nazis all of them uh, i i uh i won't disagree but there's not enough concrete evidence and indictments haven't been released because I want to look at the indictments. I want to see the court documents. Then I will make my conclusion. But from the things that I've seen, like this Supreme Court uh, indictment, that is concrete evidence that the 40, what, what was he, the 42nd president? Something 41st? Like that. No, was... uh, uh, oh, for senior? Yep. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, without a doubt, now we know he was uh, found guilty of money laundering, misdemeanors, and high felonies. And high felonies are punishable by death. So, I mean, and he dies two months later after the indictment. So it's kind of strange. Um, and then you can look at the same thing with John McCain, who is a Repu- popular Republican. Uh, he was part of the Keating Five, which was another big deep hole of bad things but um a lot of people believe that it wasn't cancer that he died from Uh, but since they're in the public eye since they have respect for current members of their family being alive uh, and it's so political that you can't just come on the news and say like he did this 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 so he killed him it it doesn't work that way and uh but it's very possible that that uh, McCain was was executed rather than dying of cancer. You, you think so? I I definitely think so, especially knowing just how I mean, in violation of RICO laws, George H. W. Bush. I mean, what are they going to say? Yeah, we found out that this ninety year old man, over ninety year old man, committed crimes, so we shot him in the back of the head as he was sipping his tea in his wheelchair. Like, how do you justify killing a ninety year old person? without the public being in uproar. And then what are the ramifications? What are the media? How's the media going to paint it? It's just a big war. It's an informational war that the truth will come out eventually, but especially right now, it's just not a good time to, you know, say, yeah, George H.W. Bush did all these terrible things and trafficked, trafficked humans. I mean, most people won't believe it. Right. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the name of that guy that they found um, in, like, I think it was, like, Wisconsin or some shit like that. Oh, one of my parents' dogs is howling in the background. 
It's tremendous. Yeah, one of my parents' dogs escaped and uh, actually ran down our field and then jumped in the canal in the back of the house and then got out. Oh. I was so pissed. I had to carry the dog probably a quarter of a mile holding this 60-pound dog. And then, uh, oh, yeah, it was – those dogs are not behaved well. That sucks. Yep. What's up, Pogo? How you doing, buddy? Good boy. I, yeah. For the life of me, cannot remember this guy's name. But there is a documentary out there. Uh, oh, I, I know what to do. Is like... And his kids even had no idea. Dang. Your kids have no idea. You just have like a little basement probably. There's like a Goosebumps. There was this old Goosebumps show. It's like where their dad was like doing experiments in the basement, but no one could go in the basement. And then one day they snuck down there and they found out he was mutating people or some shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm like super distracted trying to find this. Yeah. I I, I can't find it, man. Oh, oh, that's why. Um. Uh. What else? Trial. Trial of the of Yeah, so let's see here. When was this published? So what is it exactly that you're looking for? Uh, the documentary that I watched. Um, oh, gotcha. 1987. This sounds like the right guy. Um, uh, yeah. Barbie returned to Germany at the end of the war. On Burned off his SS identification tattoo, assumed a new identity. And not a lot of people know that the Argenti- the Argentina Nazis, the ones that uh, hid in Argentina, had descendants that moved to the United States and actually formed the skinheads, the modern neo-Nazis. They were oh, the heads yeah. of uh, neo-Nazi yeah. chapters within the United States. And then, once we get off this, I want to talk John about the... John Dem- is uh, the guy's name. It's a Netflix documentary. Uh, it's uh, called The Devil Next Door. He's also known as Ivan the Terrible. Uh, and th- this was just put out last year. Uh, 
and it like I said, like media puts these things in front of you to be like, oh, we we know about this, but here's some entertainment. Uh, this was a guy that was killing children with swords back in nineteen four in the nineteen forties. Oh wow! Yeah, what um, a real man, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and at the end of the war. He basically he he was born in 1920. So when World War II started, he was 19 years old. Uh, joined the Nazi cause. Uh, was part of a concentration camp slash labor camp in uh, Ukraine. The Russians basically took back their territory and some of Ukraine, and he fled to the U.S. and uh, lived there for like 30, 40 years undetected, and someone found him. Oh, wow. And, and was like, they, they were just part of his community and saw him and recognized him and were like, shit, this is, like, this is the guy that killed my mom with a sword. Right before, because she was resisting going into the gas chamber or whatever. Dang. Like, he, he took uh, the light in, uh, doing, in doing his job. And he got arrested. He got put on trial in uh, Israel. It was inconclusive. And then... He, they were. They said basically they were gonna DNA test him in Germany and look into it more. And so he got moved to Germany to be held and tested for war crimes. And he wound up just dying in Germany in 2012 under a uh, basically uh what is it called? Incarceration. He was incarcerated until his death. Wow, but, that's insane. Yeah, he lived in the United States until the 1980s without any problem. Jeez. He made it a good stretch. I'll give it to him. Yeah, so... And uh, I will say this, the documentary doesn't say like if he was guilty or not because it's all still inconclusive. The trial never got wrapped up. But... He identifies as a Ukrainian American, uh, and he he was accused of war crimes while serving at a Nazi extermination camp. Wow. Yep. Holy damn. And so, if you guys question whether or not there's Nazis in Argentina, there's probably not a lot of them left, but they are there. In He's Tim Kennedy's, uh, in in his uh, Finding Hitler documentary, which was just a couple years ago, they went down to Argentina and went to certain pro like certain areas of Argentina and certain colonizations, and there are still full fledged German colonies that operate like 1940s Germany, where it's like all white people. They only speak German, and he said the rough estimate that they came up with is over a hundred thousand, a little bit over a hundred thousand people still Germans, descendants of high-ranking SS members. Yeah, yeah, 
That's yeah. so many, a hundred thousand with the same beliefs as yeah. 1940s Germany. And, and this uh, this John Demjanjuk guy, uh, they started compiling evidence against him in the 70s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of people that think Hitler died in Argentina. Yeah, that's... That's, I think, what Finding Hitler alludes to as well, is that because uh, originally the body that they recovered after World War II was taken by the Russians, and then when we actually got it back or got a look, got to looking at it, it was a woman's body. So it didn't oh, even yeah? match up with the forensics of what Hitler was, unless yeah, so... he transitioned in the bunker, unless he went through a big transition. Hey, but, he uh, did. <laughs> yeah, the likelihood of that is not high. Uh, let me go to the bathroom real quick. Give me like 30 seconds. Yeah, so John DeManio, if you look him up, they've got a ton of uh, info on him on the internet now. But, yeah, he went he went under a trial back in the 80s, and his, his kids uh, to this day still claim he's innocent because, like, I mean, they're his kids, and they know him as their dad and he was probably kind and nice and whatever to him but they have pictures of this guy alongside of and and with it being the age of the internet i can't really speak to it but they have pictures of him along the side of like a identification card for the ss and uh, well the picture was like the last known picture of him before he got incarcerated. And the SS picture and him look very, very similar, like if you were to age them. But it's it's still, in my opinion, hard to tell. Uh, but yeah, John Demanyuk, if you want to find out about this like and start start researching down the rabbit hole. It's called The Devil Next Door. And, uh... I'll definitely be watching that tonight. Yeah, uh, he... He was a Ukrainian that got... Basically, after you parts of Ukraine got taken over by the Nazis, he got conscripted into Nazi service and brainwashed and... Uh... Like... I don't know. He wound up working at a a death camp and took joy in it. Oh, and uh, it's on Netflix. I'm watching this tonight. Yeah, it, at least the last time I saw it, it was on Netflix. But yeah, John Demanyuk. It's like uh, a mini series, like five episodes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Add that to my watch list right now. He he maintained his innocence up until the day he died. Uh. But whether he's innocent or not, I cannot say. But he, uh, he he was held under lock and key for his last, like, 20 years of life. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, he they couldn't conclusively confirm it was this guy, but they couldn't conclusively confirm that it wasn't him either. So if it wasn't, I feel bad for the guy. If it was, then, you know, he got his just desserts, but... 
Yeah. It, it's a very intriguing story either way, and it does allude to the fact that Nazis did make it out of Germany, and they scattered all across the globe, and kind of tried to hide and build normal lives from the for themselves. Wow, and I it's probably no coincidence that it's on Netflix because just like we were talking about earlier, how do you prime the public for accepting truth through entertainment? Yes, exactly. Um, and if it's entertaining, then eventually, long, uh, you know, people eventually wrap their head around it and be like, "I guess I understand that." Right. Clever bastards. Did you definitely, ever want? Definitely worth a look, though. I would say. You were the one I watched. Uh, Don't fuck with cats, right? Don't what? Don't fuck with cats. Wasn't it you that I watched that documentary with? Like an episode of it where the serial killer... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I just saw it on Netflix as I added The Devil Next Door. Forgot all about it. Yeah, and it was like uh, um, somebody was posting videos basically of themselves harming cats. And people looked into it and wound up getting the person arrested. Yeah, then it moved to people and then it got to like, oh, man. Yeah. Fuck that yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I remember that, yeah. And then there's that Bikram documentary of the guy who started Bikram Yoga and then eventually started, like, molesting people and started a cult. It, I it's love so ridiculous, dude. Most of, the, mo- most of the cults wind up turning to that. It's just unbelievable. I still feel like my parents with a, the Mormon church, it's a cult. Now that I've been out of it so long, like, my dad yes. goes around the house... My dad goes around the house singing church hymns, and it's, like, so culty. <laughs> like, yes. What are you doing, man? Yes. Absolutely. And if you have any question about that at all, watch Cults and Extreme Beliefs. Yeah. Granted, it's a, a slightly biased opinion, but, like, it, it definitely sheds more information on to the issue. It, oh, it's um, unfucking believable, man. Like it really is. You need to think for yourself, and a lot of people, for some reason, cannot do that. Speaking of, did you? Speaking of like extreme beliefs, did you see that leaked video of the Pentagon briefing where I, uh, the vaccination specialist came in and and was showing all of these Pentagon officials like parts of the brain that light up for people that have extreme religious beliefs, and they and the guy. I'll say it in basic terms, but the guy goes up in front of everyone and says, if we can spread a virus into the Middle East and get people to take in and vaccinate the virus and include this gene in the virus, we can eliminate the part of the brain that represents extreme or extreme religious belief and less bombs will like less jihadists will emerge because of this. I have not seen that. No, it's absolutely crazy. This is yeah. He he was talking about creating a virus uh, to el- vaccine. El- eliminate basically zealots. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and the in the way that they would be able to actually uh, get this gene inside everybody is by creating a virus, creating a vaccine for the virus, and then adding the gene to the vaccine compound itself. Hmm. And by doing that, they could uh, lessen the amount of 
they would basically turn off the part of the brain that is responsible for carrying out extreme religious beliefs and instead activate a different part of the brain that when you hear religious speech or literature the part of the brain that would turn on is the disgust like you would be disgusted you would you would hate it so they so, can literally so it's basically like a, a, a small story of my life but uh being implemented through a vaccine because that's kind of what i went went through i went through from from this like god is great god is good you know christianity's the only way to like there is no god and if i hear about him i want to throw up yeah it's it's different <laughs> it's it, it, from this guy uh, this guy's perspective of the vaccine, it, it was turning off a certain part of the brain and re-correlating that part of the brain to, tr to trigger a different reaction through spoken word. So they have the technology to be able to manipulate different parts of the brain into not to lighting up. Manipulate your belief system, basically. Yeah. A hundred percent. And this was a leaked Pentagon. This is actual Pentagon footage. It has all the timestamps and, um, you have a few officials in there, like grilling the guy, like you know, actually asking him tough questions and being like, "Well, what makes you blah 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 blah? What makes you believe that you can?" So it's it's a legit leaked or video footage, but this guy well, seemed like the real Bill Gates type guy, like no empathy. He just had this hmm. like really nerdy demeanor and blah, blah, blah. Well, with that, all that being said. Um... I, I don't think uh, we'll probably have to do it this way next week as well. But um, I have to go get ready to have people over at my house. So, cool. uh, yeah, this has been another episode of Cheap Shot Discussions. Please. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thank you. And please email us at cheapshotdiscussions.com, especially if you're at all interested in any merchandise. Uh, I'm not going to say that we won't make a profit off of it, but chances are we probably won't because uh, everything right now is going into making this better. And as always, go fuck yourself. It's true. Yeah. And have whatever kind of day you want to have. Yep. I won't, I won't say a good day because that's not my right to tell you to do that. So get out there and just exist. Awesome. All right. Bye.